You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York Matthew. Yes, Scott, how are you? Welcome to Giants Among Men, Matthew. Thank you very much. This is my second time, and uh, I was very excited once again when you asked me if I was doing anything, and I wasn't doing anything, so here I am. Yes. So for the audience, uh, Brian, because of the, you know, of course, uh, the Nor'easter that just, uh, is it, was it a Nor'easter? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I, I think that's what they classified it as. Okay. Well, the total blizzard that just crushed the Northeast yeah. has left Brian uh, without internet. So uh, we went to the bullpen, and we brought in our closer, None other than Mr. Matthew Innes, Nick's expert, Matt Innes. <laughs> uh, expert is quite the stretch. I'd say more Nick's uh, psychopathic, <laughs> potentially irrational fan who every now and then makes a decent point. <laughs> well, look, the Knicks are uh, the hottest ticket in town right now, so uh, we're probably overdue for uh, just uh, you know like a, like an an episode that's really. Uh, fully dedicated to the Knicks. So uh, let's not let's not mince words, Matthew. Let's not waste time because I think we've got a lot on our minds to get to get off about the Knicks. So today we have been involved in an intense group chat about the the Knicks rotation situation. Let's just call it the rotation overall. And I'm actually gonna uh, I'm actually gonna let you start off with to choose the topic that we begin with. What do you want to start with in turn? Because I know you are not happy with the Knicks rotation at this moment. I I'm not I'm not not thrilled with it. I feel like they're trying to do two things at once, which is bothering me. And like it's starting to now get confusing. Like, are we are we trying to put the best team out there all the time to try to win the games, or are we trying to develop certain people? And I just I, I cannot understand the Alfred Payton still starting, let alone even playing at this point. He he drives me completely insane because I feel every game we start off slow in the beginning, then quickly comes in and we either tie the game or bring it close again. Then the third quarter comes. We start Payton. We dig ourselves into a hole again. We bring in quickly. like, And I understand like, oh, well, he's getting 30 minutes and he's playing more minutes than Payton and all that, but... I just I asked you I do, I do not understand what Alfred Payton does that is justifying him even playing 20 minutes in an NBA game anymore. I have no idea what he does that somebody like Frank can't do and don't get me wrong, I don't want to go down this if people are listening like I know Frank stinks. Frank is not very good, but he's also 21 or 22 years old and he the role that Payton is currently in Frank can do it, and why not just give him a shot? Like, I just – I don't understand why Peyton is playing. I can't I can't get it. Well, look, for starters, Frank has been hurt for a pretty significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And then, you know, there's a certain continuity in place. Like, I mean, I, I just think, you know, going from Frank sort of not playing very well for over a couple of years – to then being hurt, to then just, like, starting him over Peyton. Like, look, I again, like, I don't think Peyton is good. Like, that's not the issue, really, is that, like, why is everyone so hard on Peyton? I totally get why everyone's hard on Peyton. <laughs> he stinks. That's why people are hard on Peyton. But I just don't think that 
like do you think that that Frank is better and Tibbs is for some reason just like I don't care? I don't know. And Frank is like he's a stupid example to go to because I keep trying to think of a point guard, but like Alfred Payton is not even our starting point guard. Like I know in the little graphic in the beginning, he's our starting point guard. RJ Barrett and Julius Randle are our point guards right now in the starting lineup. They're the point guards of the team. So why aren't they like, like I said, Frank's kind of a bad example. Why aren't they putting literally anybody but Payton that can shoot and make a shot? But we He's don't. Nobody can shoot. Anyway. Nobody can shoot. You know who can shoot. All right. So before we get into who can shoot, before we get into who can shoot, right? So you're saying that okay, the offense runs through RJ and Randall, and I agree with you, and I think you're right. So then, you got to look at okay, who else is on the roster? Not who else is out there, but who else is on the roster, and who are we going to put out there? So. I think what comes down to is is like okay, Peyton's not the kind of player who's going to run in like a really great or really efficient offense, but we don't need him to run the offense because we have Randall and RJ to run the offense. What Peyton does give us is a little defense. So, and I think too like kind of what Tibbs's overarching strategy is is that we're going to play slower than any other team to limit the number of possessions so that we don't have to get into a shooting match or a scoring race with whoever our opponent is. So we have to be able to grind teams down and play really good defense. So if Peyton is an option that gives us really elite defense and we don't need him to run the offense, what is the, like, who else are we putting out there? You're describing Frank Nielakina then. Who has been hurt, though, for need. a couple months, though? It's not like we just haven't been starting him this whole time. I get that he's healthy now. Like, he was active to play Monday. But prior to that, the guy was hurt for over a month. Yes, but like I was texting with you, he's been declared out of the rotation. I don't I don't get I don't get it. He, do, he does just, literally what you're saying Peyton's role currently is on the team. But forget and that. And Frank was hitting shots this year for the few games he played. And so he's not a good shooter. But he was hitting shots this year. Yeah, but Peyton is a better offensive player than Frank is. Peyton at least gets into the paint. It would be nice if we had shooters for him to kick it out to. But Frank doesn't do anything on He does nothing on offense. You're not wrong, and I can't argue that. I mean, like I said, we had a very small sample size of him hitting threes this year. I don't think he can consistently do that either. And yes, he can't get to the paint like Peyton, but I mean, and he's been hurt. Like, that's the thing. It's not like I would look, I would be thinking about it. I think through a very different lens. If it was like this whole stretch, he's been healthy and we just never put him in, but he's been hurt. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. Like he just got declared healthy for, I think just for month. Was it Sunday or Monday? (laughs) And declared out of the rotation the same day. (laughs) Like, like that's bizarre. But he also stinks. Like, here's the thing, is that we're not at practice. Like, we see the games, but, like, you know, these coaches, and look, we're going to get to Knox in a second. But, like, what do you think is the motivation behind sitting these guys or declaring them out of the rotation if they shouldn't be? I guess that's what, like, just is driving me crazy as a fan. Because, like, you're right. Like, but, like, we're watching Peyton suck every game. Like, let me see Frank suck in a game, and I'll shut up. Let me see Kevin Knox 
play Alfred Payton's minutes and let me watch him be terrible for 20 minutes. Like I watch Alfred Payton be terrible for 20 minutes in every game this year outside of maybe two or three. But didn't you like, watch? Like, let me see him be awful but so I could shut up. But didn't you watch Kevin Knox be awful for two years? Didn't you watch Frank Nilakita be awful for two years? Three years? But, but this is like a new regime that seems to have some type of offensive plan, and Julius Randle is playing well. Like, like Knox never played with this Julius Randle. Knox has not played with this R.J. Barrett that we're seeing now. Like... I, I just I, I But don't maybe understand. it's because they stink. Maybe it's like you're saying we have a new regime in here that seems to have some semblance of an idea of what they're doing. Maybe their evaluation of those two is they stink. And Peyton but, stinks too, but he stinks the least of the three of them. But that's what I mean. Like you're saying maybe they stink. And they probably do, but like they're twenty one years old. They they do have like extensions coming up. I mean, Frank's not getting extended. Frank's Frank is like like I said. He just I bring him up because he's basically what Alfred Payton's role currently is on the team. So why not to me? Why not give a twenty one year old kid the shot? Knox is different. I think Knox, like, do you want me to get into Knox like quickly? Like, just yeah, let's let's go. Let's go with Knox. Let's. They, it's time. They, they need shooting. The guy is shooting 40% from three this year. And don't get me wrong. He makes some laughably horrendous mistakes on defense still. And there are times that he's in there. And I'm not even sure if he knows that there's a game going on. But I've also seen him bang three threes in a matter of two and a half minutes, which is nothing anybody else can do on the entire team. Except Austin Rivers when he plays the Utah Jazz. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. What? But... But I think that's kind of the point, right? Like, maybe he can hit those threes, but he can't play any defense. And, you know, over the course of 48 minutes, the overarching strategy that Tibbs has decided to go with is, right, is defense, slow the game down, limit the number of possessions. Because if we start running, like all these teams were playing, if it becomes a race, we can't hang in that scenario like Knox can't hit shots fast enough to to get us to keep up with a team if we have to run up and down the court with them right now so what we lose with shooting with Peyton we make up for with defense to slow the game to kind of keep the overarching like philosophy of the strategy of a game intact for the game I understand that but like even really good defensive teams have a sh- shitty defensive player that they sort of like cover up. Like, I just think Thibs is smart enough to cover up Knox's bad defense for like, like, I don't think Knox should be playing 30 minutes a game, but like, like the other, the game that we just lost last night against the Bulls, the defense, the whole game was pretty bad. And then the fourth quarter, the defense was great. They were getting stops and they had like five opportunities to tie or take the lead and nobody could make a shot like I just don't understand how like you just watch that and you just stare at Kevin Knox on the bench a guy that can hit a shot and he can't sniff the court like like how great is stopping the other team where you don't have anyone on the floor that's gonna bang a shot but and the problem is you have to do both bang a shot. like you have to do both you can't like if we got Knox in there like we were down we were down one like, right, we couldn't hit the shot to get us over the hump to take the lead. We got us, we got down one twice, and we still couldn't get over the hump. So, let, fine, let's say we put in Knox, and he can hit a shot. But, because he can't defend anybody, 
he can't score at a fast enough rate to to have it matter because then the Bulls just came back down the floor and then they, they take the lead. At least with Peyton, while he may not be able to hit a shot, we presumably have other guys out there who should be able to hit a shot. Randall, RJ, even Rivers. And like Peyton, if he could just get into the paint and kick it out to somebody. And again, I totally concede he doesn't do that well. But I think the idea is, is that if you put Knox out there, maybe he can hit a shot. But if he can't defend anybody and we're and it's like a close game, it doesn't like it might help the offense. But does it help the team overall in that situation? I don't know. It's hard to say. Or I just think it's not like so obvious that there it's a one right answer and one wrong answer. And Tibbs is going with the answer that he's more comfortable with. Yeah, and I understand that. And, like, every time you make a point, I feel like I say, and then this. But, like, it all sort of – like, this is why my brain goes crazy when I think about the Knicks and what they are. Like, like this is the most competitive team – you said it today – that we've seen in a long time. It's the most excited we've been in a long time. And I just – like, what you're describing is, like, they're trying to put out the best team to win, Right. Like, they're trying to put out their best players that they think help them win games. Yeah. Okay. And I do agree with that. But then I just – not to go to a new player that I can't stand at the moment. No, because like, we have to transition how, to this eventually. How do you justify Obi Toppin playing currently at all? But like, I just – Like, if if we're trying to win, how is he on the floor? I don't, I, I don't get it. But to me, it's also – like, first of all, I think that – like, we shouldn't be so narrow as to say we're only either trying to win or develop guys, and it's only one or the other. Like, there are certain things we're doing concurrently, you would think. I don't yeah. think it's as unusual, or I don't think it's that unusual that if a guy was picked number eight two years ago, like Knox, and so that's the, the number eight pick two years ago versus the number eight pick this year. If you're going to give – if you think that they're both not not what you would like them to be, you're going to play the more recent number eight pick because you have – Even though he's two years older. <laughs> but but even though he's two years older, he's only been in the NBA. Like one of the things you said today was you think playing at Dayton, he was able to play bully ball and he's not, being, he's not able to get away with that in the NBA. And I agree yeah. with you. But – do we give him more than just three weeks to try and adapt to the NBA when he's this year's number eight overall pick versus Knox, who's now had two years to adapt to the NBA from being the number eight overall pick and has not shown a ton of growth in that time? Yeah, and that's totally fair. But like, this is when I just if if Thibs would attempt and this is why Thibs also makes me crazy. If he would attempt to play randall and obi together i don't think i'd be as as upset about obi Toppin in general but like the fact that we drafted him he plays randall's position it it's pretty clear that they cannot play together at the same time like when is obi going to get his opportunity to learn in the nba if it's not in 10 minutes per game where at these 10 minute clips, it's hard for anyone to look good. Like I just like we drafted a guy that the second we drafted him, the clock was already running on him. And 
where are his minutes coming from that he's going to sh- improve? Because he's not ready right now. No. He's not an NBA-ready player at all. No, and that, look. And he's going to be 23 in a month. That's a fair question. But, you know, look, like, I mean, I, I, look, you're a I little. Hate I hate him. That's fine. <laughs> I don't like him either. I hate I him understand. too. But, all right. So, there's a few things I want to address, okay? And I, I I feel like I've already lost track of some of them. So, you're going to have to help me out. Okay. And, and, I know. I, I bounce around too quick. <laughs> no, it's not you. It's it's just the nature of this of this business, Matthew. This this yeah. business of radio. As a matter of fact, before I answer you, Matthew, I just want to say that you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener supported radio. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you, as it has been for so many. 2020 was a difficult year for us financially, and every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Please help by pledging whatever you can to Radio Free Brooklyn. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax-deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. All right, so let's address Obi in in several parts. Uh, First of all, Let's see. Where should I begin? His age. Either way, he's three weeks old in the NBA. I get that he is old for a rookie, but, like, he's still a year younger than Randall. So is Randall, like, over the hill at this point? No, he's in his prime, right? Like, or or even, maybe not even yet, maybe approaching his prime. He might be a year or two away from his prime. Yeah, so, I think he's three years younger than Randall. Right. So f- in terms of rookie standards, OB is old. But it's not like we're already – the clock is ticking on when he's, like, done, you know? That's fair. From and an age standpoint, as always. maybe from a talent <laughs> standpoint. No, but it's important to bring up because I do get it. Like, Frank and Knox are younger than him, but they've been in the league for years more than he has. So it's a weird thing to evaluate. Like, yeah. I think it's hard to evaluate. The age makes it difficult. It does complicate the argument whether you're – in support of Obi, in support of Knox and Frank, or somewhere in the middle, it makes the argument much more difficult because it's like a weird – it's just a weird dynamic with the ages. It is very – it is very weird. And, like, I also think that, like, the Obi thing is weird that his age – and he played at Dayton against not great level competition. And, like – I don't. I don't know. I just. Th- I think he was basically a grown ass man playing against boys, and now he's in the NBA and he stinks. Like that's what my evaluation is of Obi Toppin. Yeah, but I also <laughs> think that this was such a weird draft. Draft. Like oh, for sure. Like I don't know. We got where did Wiseman go? He went to Georgia, right? Wiseman was Memphis, but didn't play. So Wiseman was Memphis. Anthony right. Edwards was. Yeah. Anthony, Anthony Edwards, Edwards was Georgia. Georgia. Not a perennial basketball power, but at least in the SEC. So fine. Then, yeah, Wiseman went to Memphis but didn't play. Halliburton's not even – didn't even play college ball in America, right? No, he was at Ohio, Iowa State. Oh, he was at Iowa State. So who was the French? Uh, that was um, the guy that pissed his draft. Uh, Killington Hayes. Killington Hayes, right? Yeah. But I, just look at all these people. Like, I went to Iowa State, guys from France. You know, Memphis didn't play Georgia. Obi's at Dayton. Just a weird college basketball year. And then the Israeli. 
Disraeli, exactly. <laughs> the one I wanted to draft. <laughs> That's right. How's he doing, by the way? I mean, he starts on the Wizards and they stink, so he's probably terrible. <laughs> right. But, you know. So, <laughs> no, I actually, I actually think he, I think he's getting some love around the league. I, I, I don't want to check while we're on, but I think there's people that uh, are relatively impressed with him, but he's not lighting anything up. Okay, but so. Like, I think we can develop guys at the same time that we're trying to win. I understand giving a little recency bias to the more recent draft pick. And I'm trying to now I can't remember either, like what you were saying, because I wanted to make I wanted to make a point about something that you said about Obi. I just think like Obi makes more sense to play because he's Julius's backup. Like we can't keep Julius in the game for 48 minutes. Oh, about him playing with Randall. Here's the other thing. I think right now. Tibbs and the Knicks look at their margin for error as very narrow. So, so here's the thing, like, because I think this is something that Brian and you are, are pretty aligned with in our group text. But I think that you guys just want Tibbs to take more chances with the lineup and do more tinkering and do more experimentation. But I think that it look, it's possible, maybe even probable that going with some of these other lineups would be good for us and would help us win. But there's also a decent chance that they could fall apart. If we're actually trying to make the playoffs and the lineups that we're playing are, you know, keeping us in the mix. So maybe like over the course of a game, like you're pointing to last night, right? We can't, we want to take the lead. We can't hit a damn shot. Why not just put Knox in, just put a shooter in, right? Like, that's like a single situation in a single game. But when you look at, again, if you kind of look at the, if you zoom out and you look at the bigger picture, if Tibbs is like, I got to make the playoffs or at least get into the play-in tournament as the 10 seed, maybe I'm not maximizing what we could be. But what I'm putting out there, I know is going to consistently keep us in that range and if that's what I have to get done this season that's what I'm gonna do as opposed to let's just say for example we were like Brooklyn right to keep this for our New York local fans or whatever radio free Brooklyn like Brooklyn is gonna make the playoffs no matter what can they win a championship is a different discussion entirely and I know you don't think that they can but they're gonna make the playoffs so they have the luxury of being able to play around with stuff because they just, by sheer talent, are going to win enough games where they're not just going to be not in the playoffs. And I think if we were in that position, I would understand a lot more experimentation with the lineups because it's like, you know, we don't today's not a, like a must-win game, so let's just throw some stuff out there and see what's working together. But if you're like us and the, and the margin for error is so thin, you're going to like be a lot more conservative and stick a lot more to just like what you know. Yeah, and and that all is very well said, and I do agree with it mostly. But like, if the if the margin for error is so small, why are we okay with starting games in the first quarter and the third quarter in a hole because we can't score? Well, look, we don't always start in a hole. It's not like every game. That's true. I I. I yeah, I guess, I guess I just want like like yesterday when he like just yanked Obi because he couldn't box out a child at one point and he just and he yanked him and I was like thank God I think I texted you I said thank God he pulled him because he could not 
box out anybody. Like, and I understand he's a rookie, he's young, but why doesn't it seem to have that hook with Peyton? Like, he's been taking Peyton out earlier lately, which I think is a great sign, but like, Peyton, there were two plays yesterday on defense where he did not move. His guy just went right by me, had no idea he was there. Remember the play when Mitchell Watson yes. picked up the second foul? Like, Peyton had no clue that his guy went back door. Why wasn't he yanked? I don't like, and, and we're saying his defense is great. And there were two plays last night where I watched him just stand there and they went right by him and scored. So like yank him, yank him. Like, I just, I, that's what I get upset. It's like, why am I watching this guy for his defense? And he's not even playing defense. Well, when I do yank and you declare 21 year olds that can bring something to the table out of your rotation. Like it's, it just seems stubborn at this point And it bothers me. Well, I think it's stubborn because of how badly you want. Like, I think because <laughs> like it's if you personal problem. <laughs> well, I just think that you hate Peyton so much. Oh God, I can't. I, that I can't watch him play. It's reached a level where you're like, I, I, like, look when you because when you take out Obi, you're putting back in Julius Randall. So I, I mean, like, it's easy to pull Randall at that. I, I mean, it's easy to pull Obi at that point. Now, granted, when you pull Peyton. You're bringing in Emmanuel quickly, who I know you love, but he's definitely not as seasoned he's as flawed. as he's Randall flawed. is. Well, it's just—it's not even his flaws. Like, it, it's just a matter of, you know, look, Lonzo just—I mean, not, not Lonzo, Lamelo just got his first start, mm-hmm. you know, for the Hornets. So I don't Due think to injury too. It's not like it was just he outplayed him. Yeah. So I don't I really don't think that it's it's what we're seeing with how they're easing quickly in because I, I do think that something Jonathan uh Macri wrote makes makes sense is that they still like I because in college quickly never played on ball as much. He wasn't really the point guard. So they want him to learn to play on ball more and they're more comfortable with him getting more reps against the other team's second unit than the first unit. So I think and that, if he's playing with the starters, he's not on ball. That does make sense. Yeah. So I think that that's why Peyton, not only does Peyton continue to start, but they also have a slower hook with Peyton because it's not just like, you know what? Fine. We'll put Randall back in there and we're like solid there. It's yeah. just more complicated to just throw quickly in there just at any moment. And and I think maybe sometimes it's also just like, like my anger and frustration and I don't know how to like express it, but like I have so much frustration with the new front office just for not acknowledging that this team desperately needed a point guard like they didn't address it and i'm stuck with alfred payton again but they drafted emmanuel quickly i know but they still don't like like they did address it they drafted him they drafted a guy But why am I still – why is Alfred Payton on the Knicks? Why is he still here? Why are we watching him suck for a second consecutive year where no other team was even going to sign him? Why didn't they Why didn't they throw money at DJ Augustine for crying out loud? Why? Because, why, Matthew – I just – I don't understand. Because nobody ever wants to come to the Knicks. Alfred Payton was one of the only people willing to come to the Knicks. Maybe now that we're, like, a real basketball team in the National Basketball Association – Players to be like, oh, maybe I should play there. But prior to this year, no one wanted to come to jump in this dumpster I'm, fire. I told you, I, I don't care how stupid I sound. I don't care how dumb it is. 
I want to trade for Derrick Rose because I cannot watch Alfred Payton anymore. He's well, like ruining Don't Knicks trade anybody for him. <laughs> Give him a second round pick. I don't care. Give him their second round pick back. Give right. the piss and say, listen, just take this back. Give us Derrick Rose, but you also have to take Alfred Payton. <laughs> All right, I can live with that. Give him a second-round pick. Fine, I'll take it. Yeah, second-round pick, Alfred Payton for Derrick Rose. Just please do it. I Fine. just I can't, can't watch him. I, I just – I him. get why you don't like him, but I do feel like you kind of have to accept in your heart that he's on the team this year, and he's going to be on the team this year, and we're going to have to live with him this year, but I he won't be next year, right? What's his contract? Did we have him next year? I, if they're paying him anything more than a large case of Pringles, we've made a gigantic mistake. <laughs> but I, it has to be a one-year deal. It it has to be. I don't know. Maybe he's just allowed to sleep at a hotel in New York City. Maybe that was the contract. I'm not sure. But <laughs> so I just like – but like even – but so did they draft quickly to be the point guard of the future? I mean, I don't know if they drafted him to be the point guard. Like, I don't know if they were specifically like, this is the point guard of the future. But they certainly went through enough gymnastics to get the guy. Like, for sure. How many trades were made to move up? How many weird picks to get a guy that was didn't appear to be on anybody else's radar? Like, they clearly valued him. Yeah, which was weird because I still – I wonder if they could have gotten him if they didn't even – move but none of the moves hurt to move up so it doesn't matter at this point and i'm happy we have them so. right but uh, i think it, i think more, more my point is just like they like they um they clearly wanted him it wasn't just like yeah. he oh, was there sure. and then they lucked into it like they no, were all, like all the kentucky guys were like we have to get this guy you know that that's what happened right and sure. then that's also my point with Knox is that all these kentucky guys on this staff like we're like Kentucky's grad school right now. And yeah. if 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 Knox does if Knox is, does not have a prominent role after that, it's not just Tibbs. And it's not like a fluke. Like his college coaches are there and they're not like we got to put this guy out there. Yeah, I guess like and it's sort of my problem as a fan. Like I guess I just wish that there was a little more transparency like like declaring them out of the rotation like why i guess i just want to know these things like because i can't see them stinking in practice and i know they're not going to come out and say uh kevin knocks out of the rotation because he's literally the worst player on the entire team like i know that they're not going to say that but it just like when i use my little fandom eye test watching basketball a long time i'm no expert i'm no scout but like he just he does something that they desperately need and it's like are the coaches failing him by not like this guy's an athletic freak monster. Like no one can teach him how to play D like, like if that's the case, wave him. Like I, I don't understand what he's still here for then. If he's that bad, wave him and move on. Right. But um, I guess my point to you is, is that if they could, right? Like if he was salvageable, this would be the staff that, Look, I don't know if this is the staff to get it done, but this is certainly the staff that would be motivated. Right. They'd be motivated to get it done, if for no other reason than to say, look at what we, like, we coached this guy in Kentucky. We knew he was a pro. The Knicks screwed this up for however many years. Now we're here and we've salvaged it. Like, if nothing else, they'd be motivated to salvage him by that. So if they haven't, 
make him look good, yeah. It says something about Knox, I would think. Yeah, I guess. And, yeah, I mean, I, I've always overvalued Knox and Frank. I know I have. But I, I I guess I just – I still get hung up on this, like, feeling of, like, are we really trying to make the playoffs or – are we still rebuilding and developing? And I guess I need to accept what you're saying that like both things can currently be happening at the same time. Well, just look at the, like I'm not okay with that. Well, just look (laughs) at the giant season, right? Like the giant season began with no intentions of making the playoffs and it was pure rebuilding. But then we found ourselves in a position to possibly win the NFC East. And then it became the goal. Like, I think that the Knicks probably entered the season thinking it was a rebuilding year. Then, like, Randall started playing at a level that nobody anticipated, and RJ made the necessary improvements, and here we are in the East, and now they've also, the NBA changed things, so now there's going to be in this play-in tournament, and now we can make the playoffs, so then I think that, like, priorities may have shifted slightly, but you can't just, like, abandon some of what you intended to do initially, and I think that's where we find ourselves in that kind of um, middle area. What I want to get to, though, is this kind of... I Because I think some of your bad feelings, not to shift gears again too quickly, but back to Obi for a second. I think some of your negativity towards Obi is because you are convinced that he is there to shank Julius Randle. Can you talk a little bit about this? <laughs> well, it's not a secret that they were trying to trade Randle in the offseason. Correct. That was like reported. That was an actual thing. So they drafted Obi Toppin in hopes to trade Randall either before the season started or as the season was going on. Okay? Yes. Right? Yes. We all agree that that was the All plan. agree. Yes. Okay. Now, Randall is playing out of his mind and is playing like an all-star and he is not. And it's kind of a problem with Randall too, because he's playing amazing. He's playing out of his mind. He's 26 years old still, but I think it's like also known that he is not a superstar to build totally around. So they're in like this weird position now and they have Obi waiting in the wings. And I just, I have this terrible feeling that they're just going to trade Randall because the, and this is what I was asking you earlier. And I know you think I'm crazy for thinking that they're going to trade Randall just because they have Obi and they don't want to admit basically that they made a gigantic mistake in drafting him. I truly believe that that's what's happening, that they drafted this guy to replace Randall. He stinks. They think that if he plays more, maybe he'll get better. And sort of what do they do with Randall? And Randall's value only goes down the longer they wait to trade him. Because his contract is amazing. So so let me ask you, what are they going to do with Julius? This is what I was going to ask you today. What do you think they're going to do with Julius Randle? Okay, I want to answer that question. I'm perfectly ready to answer that question. But before we, okay. we get to the answer, well, two things before we get to the answer. Okay. One thing before we get to the answer is an ad read. If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. All right, let me ask you, like, what makes you think that they don't know that Obi stinks, they, or they, like, are, are stubbornly determined for Obi 
to to take Randall's spot and to to give away Randall and not get Randall's value in return for him. Like, what makes you think that that's their thinking right now? Well, I don't think that you can trade Randall and get the value that he currently has to the Knicks. I think his value to the Knicks is much more valuable than it is to other teams around the league. I don't know if that makes sense if I'm saying that correctly, but like, I would think the opposite almost. See, I, I don't know because I think he, I don't think he does what he does on a championship level team. I don't think like, and I know I'm not answering your question right now, but I don't think you're going to see Julius Randall go to like Washington in a Beal trade or to Chicago in a Levine trade. I think a team that wants Julius Randle is someone like the Portland Trailblazers, which we're not getting something awesome from the Portland Trailblazers. Right, but I think that's more the conclusion you draw from that is we're probably not going to make a big trade this year. Like, I think that's the story. I think the story is is that we came into the season looking like we should make a trade because we have the picks and we have the cap space and we have a lot. I don't think we're going to do it because, like we've talked about a million times, the picks and the cap space are not enough to trade for someone who actually makes a difference to our team. So we would have to include either Randall or RJ or Mitch or some combination of those three, in which case it would make the trade stupid because we'd be giving away too much of our current talent to get something back that we'd still be and still stick. Right. Mediocre. So I, yeah. So I think the story here is just that people expected us coming into this year that at some point we're going to make a big trade to upgrade. I think the story is going to be, we just don't make a trade. So then what are they going to do with Julius Randall? Build around him. So, so then you think that this front office is basically conceding that Obi was a terrible pick. Because if you build around Julius Randle, Obi Toppin is completely useless and it was a waste of a draft pick. I mean, I don't think they're ever going to say we screwed up the Obi pick. Like, I don't think no, they'll come out and say that. No, I don't say that either, but that's what you think then is what's – that's what you think has happened. Yeah. I think they stepped okay. in sh- – I think they stepped in shit. Like, I think okay. – I think they came in. They didn't think Randall was as good as he's going to be. He's playing this way. Like, I just, I, I just, I don't, I can't imagine a world in which they have now been running this team and they see how Randall plays and they're like, you got to get this guy out of here fast. Like, well, they would, why would they do that? Uh, maybe, maybe it's like just years of being a Nick fan and watching irrational moves. I just, I have this terrible feeling that Randall is playing great, but he totally doesn't fit their timeline. And like, I don't think that he's viewed as a player to build around. I don't like, and maybe I'm making that up and I love Julius Randall. You know, I love Julius Randall, but like, I, I don't think that Tom Thibodeau views him as a franchise player. But look, even if he's not, if they even thought that was possible, they wouldn't have drafted Obi Top. Like they genuinely, they had no clue. They had no faith in this guy at all. I mean, and now, after three months of basketball, they're gonna build a franchise around him. Like I just, I don't think they're gonna do that. But first of all, nobody had faith in Randall. Like it's not just on Leon Rose. I have faith in Randall. Eh. And you know, no, don't even lie. Eh. I told you all, all last year that he had a horrible coach and he's not that bad of a player. I said, that's, this is that's not- different than I always believed in Randall to be the player that he currently has been. 
honestly, I mean, this is ridiculous, but I knew he did not stink. And I always said he was awesome. You knew not he this. didn't stink. You did, you did say he, did he didn't stink. stink. I said this You didn't see this stink. coming, though. No, this is absurd. He's this Lebr- is crazy. I'm LeBron James. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think my point is, is that, all right, fine. Even if you think Tibbs doesn't see him as a franchise player or, like, the, the player that we build around, like, I don't know. Who was the best player of Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen? Yeah, and that's what I hope ends up happening. A situation where RJ, Julius Randle, and this third player that we get, maybe it's Emmanuel Quickly, someone in the draft, is that they're and, – and that's what I hope happens. Well, no, but not even – I'm not even saying through the draft, but what I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, the Celtics had Paul Pierce, right? really good players. Right, but but they had to they had to get Garnett to come in, mm-hmm. but they already yeah. had Pierce, and you would probably like I guess in my head Garnett is the best player of those three, but Pierce yeah. is the one that they had, and mm-hmm. that they like just because, like I guess in my head like theoretically the Celtics built around Pierce, like they never got rid of him, they brought in people to help him, which also meant bringing in a player that was better than him. But it's not as though, like, he wasn't a factor on their championship run and that they, you know, considered him in the moves in which they brought guys in. Like, that's where I think that they're probably going to end up thinking with Randall was like, okay, who can we add to help Randall? And it doesn't necessarily have to be only complimentary pieces that aren't as good as Randall. Maybe we bring in somebody better than Randall, but who also helps us win and we keep Randall. I And I hope that that is what happens. I just – I. I just feel I, I like my whole thing with the Obi thing, like, and like you said, he's new. He's played three weeks of NBA basketball, but like, if they don't believe in him, and if they are sort of acknowledging that, hey, maybe we whiffed, and Julius Randle is our power forward, I I don't understand why he's still playing. Because I think they have to see. Like, I I don't think like I think that look as young as Knox and and Frank are. You can't say that they haven't had their NBA shot, you know, and, yeah. and 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 I also don't think that that means necessarily that you have to or even should give up on either of those two players. What I am saying, though, is like they've had a look in the NBA like you can't say yes. like no one's ever seen them play. We don't know what they have. We, we know what they have for the most part with Obi. Yeah. You still don't know. The guy's been in, at this level of competition for three weeks. I, I it just it doesn't strike me as strange that the more recent early draft pick is going to get a little more run than the guys who are also drafted earlier but have been in the league a couple of years and haven't really distinguished themselves that much. Yeah, I guess I just I just I, I hated the pick when it happened. I hate it more now that Randall's playing well, and like. To me, nothing at this point, nothing good can come of Obi Top. Like, if he plays great, they're trading Randall, which I hate. If it looks like crap, it was a terrible draft pick for this regime's first draft pick. Like, he 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 puts a bad taste in my mouth. Like, I hate looking at him. I hate hearing his name. Why like, are you the, so the, sure that if he plays great, we'll trade Randall instead of him? I hope that that happens. <laughs> but why are you so sure that it won't? I don't. I. I don't. I. I just. I don't think that a new regime would trade their first draft pick three months into his NBA season. His first NBA. No, season. I, don't I don't think. think I don't think either one of them is getting traded 
this month. And I'm sorry. No, my actual answer to your question is we're never going to know if Obi can be great because he's playing behind Randall. But and maybe he, this is what I was saying to you before. He's never going to play more than 15 minutes a game. Yeah, but I unless Thib starts playing them together. But I think it's it's possible that over time they could start playing together. I think one of the reasons they don't is the reason that Tibbs doesn't play with the lineup much at all. And it's because our margin for error right now is pretty razor thin. Like you're far less likely to experiment with things if you're desperately trying to stay in that top 10 to get a playoff spot. Like if we were, you know, just out of it, just not even close. Or again, if we're like the five seed or something and we have a cushion, like we're not competing for like home field all the or for home court advantage all the way through, but also uh, you know, we're like solidly, firmly in the playoffs, then either one of those situations, you have some room to experiment. I think we're just in a spot where it's like, don't deviate too much because if this is like keeping us in the mix, stay the course to stay in the mix. Okay. Because we're not winning a title. Even if we get in the playoffs, no. we're not winning the title. So why not just like play it? I think the playing game is the worst thing to happen to this Knicks team this year, to be honest. I totally agree with you. I totally I agree with the, you. I think it's the worst thing to happen. It's to muddied the waters so much. And us as fans. Yeah. Because like if you would have told me they had to be top eight, I'd be like, I don't think we can get there. This top ten nonsense, like there's no reason we can't be in the top ten. Right. Or I think if we had to get into the top eight and we started to slip down to 10, maybe then you start to see some Tibbs experimentation to get us up. But right now, I just think he's trying to anchor and hold down in that eight to 10 range and sit there and then see if we can make what happen. My point is this. I I just keep coming back to we've been so horrendous for so long. I think I I have liked what has happened since Leon Rose took over. Not everything. Not every last thing that's happened. Ultimately, like, you're totally right. And that's why I need to hold, take a deep breath sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I, look, I know, I, I, but that's, that's, that's really all it is because I, I just think I get I – I think that everything you and Brian have been saying about Knox, Frank, and Obi are totally valid, and they're totally legit. My thing is just like, you know – I trust Tibbs. I've tr- I trust the way. And look, uh, nobody was more upset than I was of the three of us that we were trotting out basically the same team as last year, plus Obi. I was incensed about this a couple of months ago, yeah. and you guys right. were like, "Okay, now, yeah. now it's like you guys, you guys that we've like tasted a little success, and you guys are just like." Why are we doing this and that, this and that? And it's just like we're in the playoff mix. We're in the hunt. Like I know I don't I don't love every single thing we're doing in order to get there, but we're there and we're solidly there. Like if we win tomorrow night against Chicago, everyone's tune will kind of change. You'll still have your same frustrations, but you'll have a little less panic. And that's basically where Tibbs is kind of keeping us right now. He's just keeping us in that eight to ten range where we're not like we're not thriving, we're not maximizing, but what we have we know is good enough to just keep us in that mix. Yeah, and I think it's just like I've I've tasted success again and like I, I forget how awesome it feels for the Knicks to be mediocre. Yeah. And like I just I feel like they're 
I just, I feel like they're just gonna fuck it up. Like, <laughs> sorry, I feel like they're just, they're gonna mess it up in one way or another. And like, I shouldn't feel that way because this regime really, I like what they've done. The Obi pick terrifies me because I just, I, I do think it was terrible. I okay. think it was awful. Two things though, and that's like their first thing that they did, and it, it doesn't sit well with me. Okay, but the second thing they did is draft Emmanuel quickly who's my favorite player possibly to ever exist. Right. So yes. I'm just saying, like, who should they have taken at the eighth pick instead of Obi that they I could have taken? I look up his numbers, but I, I, and I'm not going to lie. You know, I didn't like Halliburton, but I'm also not an NBA scout. Like, maybe they should have done a little bit more homework on Halliburton. I didn't like the way he looked. I'm surprised he's playing this well. But, like, obviously him. But I wanted, I wanted Denny. But let me also ask you, if we take Halliburton at that eighth spot, do we get quickly? Right. I I think so. It's a guard league now. If they wanted quickly as badly as you said, I think they would have drafted two guards. Yeah, I I, I, I just don't, think... I, don't, I don't I don't think it's a guard it's a guards league. Fine, and, and that's fair. Uh, I'm not going to argue that necessarily. I I guess you know. my counter to that is like I don't necessarily fault them for Obi because I don't think there were any no brainers in the draft even at one two. Like even I think Wiseman looks awesome, but I don't think that even at the first pick. There was just like a no-brainer, get that guy. So that's why I don't really fault them for Obi. I think that this was a I, very weird draft. Like, I don't, I don't, and, and you're right. And I need you to talk me off the ledge sometimes with that because that all, all you're saying is true. It just, it just upsets me. I don't know why. No, I get like it's funny. I get why, I get why you're upset. I just think you don't have to be upset about the things you're upset about. I don't think we're getting rid of Randall. Like, I just think. I wa- so you think they're going to max Julius Randle, though, after next year? Because he's going to get a max contract if he keeps playing like this. I mean, we'll have to see. Well, I mean, that's that's the beauty of it, Matthew. We don't even have to discuss that because we still have a year of him. We still have the rest of the season and a, all of next year. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like, if, if they are even entertaining trading him, which I'm sure that they're – I'm sure that they've discussed it. Yeah, his trade value is only going down if they don't trade him this year. Not necessarily. Year, he becomes yeah, an expiring. He true. becomes an expiring contract next year. Yeah, but I mean, the whole thing is <clears throat> his contract is great for the way he's playing, so he has more value this year than next year. Yeah, because then you're looking at him that he's that. Then you're going to use him to unload like a team that needs cap relief from a shitty contract, and I don't want to get involved in something like that. Right, that's what I, that's what an expiring contract trade is. They're going to trade him to a team that has a player under a real lousy contract, which yeah, that's what's gotten us in trouble in the past. I don't like that. This year, if they were to trade him, the team trading for him is getting a good player that's under their control next year for eighteen million dollars. Like his 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 trade appeal is right now if if it's going to be considered, and if not. Then you, it's almost like the KP thing. I hate to bring it up. I'm not trying to get you going, but like they they traded him in a kind of crappy trade, which we've agreed upon, because they didn't want to max him. And Randall's kind of in that same position right now. It's like his values right now, if they wait, his value goes down. And if you never trade him, you kind of have to max him. And it's just, it's a weird. And I know I'm making something that isn't here yet. And I, but like it is potentially a problem. And I feel like it's a problem because of them drafting 
Obi Toppin. But I don't understand why it's a problem for drafting Obi Toppin because regardless, because they we're gonna... drafted him to replace Randall, and Randall's awesome. Right, but that doesn't mean we just give away Randall for cents on the dollar just because we had we drafted a guy. Like, I don't think either way. And again, the the Porzingis trade was done with a very different front office, and yes. and it was yeah, done. I, I don't want to get into that. I'm not saying that it's the same situation. I was just comparing like what we hated about that to me is what would happen if we trade Randall. Right, but and I, if we I don't trade him. We got a max. But I don't think we're gonna do that because also like. Again, I just think, well, two things. One, I think Randall gives us too much. Like, we, I just don't think he's the only asset we have. Like, he's the he's a big asset. Just to give him away, like, what would what would we gain by giving him away? Like, for what? I don't know. Like, unless we're getting the number one or two overall pick in this year's draft, what would entice us? We already have more picks than we can realistically use. So we don't need more picks. And so we would have to get back a comparable player. Yeah, which, like I said, I don't think that that trade scenario really exists. Right, so I don't so think we're then, trading him. Okay, then I hope. Yeah, like, what then, What do you think we're trading him for? I think they're going to do something crazy like send him to Portland for, like, a late first-round pick and, like, Gary Trent. There's, like, that's what I – Listen, that's what I think is going to happen. That's fine. Look, if they do that, then I will burn down the garden. Like, I just will. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. I that that would. Whoa, I mean, that would be so outrageous to me that I just knock my microphone over if they did that. Like, that's just they like. Like, yeah, if they did that, everyone is going to be rightly outraged. But I just don't think – I think that they are a little savvier than that, that they know they have something of real value. You know, okay. had they not traded Porzingis, I don't – I would be a little more concerned because I don't think we would have the stable of draft picks that we have now. But again, we have more draft picks than we can use, really. Like, I mean, we can use them. We can draft – but, like, we have too many draft picks. So we don't need yeah. more of those. We need a talented player. So well, it has that, – that, that's, that's how I ultimately feel. Like, we have a talented player – I just hope that that like they realize how talented this guy is, and that they do just hang on to him. I mean, it's one of and there's no indication that that they're gonna let him go. But I just, I I don't know, man. I don't I don't know if they believe that this is how good he really is, because they like it's like a three month period that they would completely flip. Like, like you think he's shown them enough to completely flip. No, look, maybe not. Their top priority was trading him. Maybe n- no way we trade him. Like, maybe not. And it's not no way we trade him, but no way we trade him for cents on the dollar. No way we like just fire sale the guy. You know, like what's the point of him inflating his tra- his trade value if we're not going to take advantage of that? Like, it's just it's got to be a trade that makes us better. And yeah. I don't think draft picks are going to do it. So it would have to be for a, a player that's playing at a, a level that's comparable to how he's playing right now. And I don't think yeah. there's anybody out there that's available that, that meets that criteria other than Beal. You know? And if we traded Randall for Beal, then that changes the complexion of our team entirely, where I don't think it's necessarily we did that because we have Obi. I think it's because, you know, we're running a, the team in an entirely different way after that but what i think is really the the thing is like 
what Randall does for them is if Randall makes can RJ Barrett's life a lot easier. Well, not only that, but <laughs> right. Randall makes RJ's life a lot easier. And then if RJ continues to develop at this rate and you're a free agent in the future, then it's like, okay, let me come play with RJ and Randall. So I think there's value in keeping him. If we can't get a trade that doesn't bring us back somebody like Beal or like another all-star basically. Yeah. I, I, I hope that that is, that is right. What I want to say to you, Matthew, is hate Obi Toppin all you want because he stinks. Oh, yeah. he stinks. But detach that hatred from the Randall situation because I don't think they're tied to one another. I don't think anybody in the Knicks organization is being like, let's get rid of Randall because we got Obi, at least not now. Maybe they thought that preseason, but no one's thinking that now. And also, too, if we were really getting ready to trade Randall, don't you think that there would be leaks to the media, to like real media guys, talking like Ian Begley, uh, Alan Hahn, Tommy Beer, guys like that, like Mark Berman, guys like that. Don't you think somebody would be putting out there, we would either be stories here, reading stories currently that said either A, they were looking to trade Randall, or B, saying like you may not see it on the court, but man, you got to see Obi behind the scenes. He's just... He knows how to conduct himself. True pro knows how to interact with people. Always working hard. Like you're not seeing that right I, now. I'm just saying though, they tried selling us that bill of goods until we all see him play, and he's terrible. Yeah, Don't you, like, but what what draft pick doesn't have those things written about them? What are you gonna do? Draft a guy and then be like, you know, he kind of stinks though. Like no one's gonna do that. I am dwelling on on how much he stinks, and I I do need to just get over it. But like the trade deadline, it, it's still almost two months away like i don't think we'd be hearing that yet i don't maybe 25th the trade deadline like it's far away still and if they start losing i think they're going to trade him (laughs) maybe i just think it's really i'm gonna watch ob toppin starting and i'm 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 gonna you're you're gonna have to delete my number and and break your cell phone i I don't think they're gonna see that that's all the time we have for the radio show today (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. Check us out on social. Thank you, Matthew, for coming with us. Radio Free Brooklyn, signing off. All right, Matthew, now we're in podcast bonus time. Welcome, awesome. to, welcome to bonus time, Matthew. I'm excited. I, and just while we, while we were talking, I did bring up Denny's numbers. And he, yeah, he's not lighting the league on fire either. He, he's averaging seven points a game, four rebounds. But he, he can shoot, apparently. He's shooting... 43% from three on three attempts a game. Okay. I mean, still Pretty three, nice. you know, that's okay. It's fine. I, I'm just saying, like, yeah, I do think maybe you're right. They drafted Obi thinking he could replace Randall. And then I think that everybody got in the building with one another. And you know what? Tibbs is like, hey, Randall's awesome. And I don't like Obi. So, like, I just but think then, it's not going to happen. Why, why is he playing him? I'd rather see Taj Gibson. Because he's I'd this year's draft pick. He's been in the <laughs> NBA for three weeks. Let him just let him just play himself off the court, which he kind of is. Thank God. Matthew, every week Brian and I use this time to remind our listeners that we record this podcast on Tuesday. It airs on Radio Free Brooklyn on Thursday. And then uh, it's available for download on Saturdays. So there's usually quite a bit of time that happens between the recording of the podcast and the airing of the podcast. So – some events that have taken place between recording and airing. Uh, the United States Capitol building was sieged. 
by by white supremacists. Uh, well, I mean, that was the big one. But there's always something weird that happens in the week that we never predict. What do you think? What crazy, unexpected event could happen between now and the time that people actually listen to our voices talk about the Knicks? When is it air? Thursday? It airs Thursday. It's available for download on Saturday. Available for download on Saturday. I think Emmanuel quickly starts Saturday at 1 o'clock. Who do we play Saturday? Um, I had it. Who is it? By the way, Peyton's deal is expiring this year. The Portland, the Portland Trailblazers. Portland Trailblazers. Ah, Julius Randle's future team. <laughs> Julius Randle's future team. Yeah, he's going to impress them. That's good. So, yeah, okay, quickly start Saturday. I love that prediction. I love it. I think quickly starts on Saturday. Okay. How does that make you feel, Matthew? It makes me feel great. Good. It, it, it feels good to say it. Can I just ask I you? I just hope that. Yeah. I, here's what drives me Why crazy. Do I hate Alfred Payton so much? No, I hated I've hated the Knicks for the better part of the last like five years. And you stick up for them like crazy in that time. Now I'm like, all right, we finally have a good team that I can like reasonably sort of enjoy. And then you flipped to where you're like, they don't know what they're doing. I it's not that I don't think that they know what they're doing. I, I think like I, I feel like um I, I always defended them when they were terrible because it was like to me it was like um if I had a little brother that like everyone picked on and it was just like okay enough like we get it he's he's a twerp he's an idiot like it just bothered me it was like like people thought that they were like like breaking ground or like saying something profound to say the Knicks sucked so I would just you know me like I just go the other way and I, and I just like I hate it. It's like, you're not saying like, you're not intelligent. You're not some basketball savant because you think the Knicks stink. Like they've stink. They've stunk forever. They're always bad. So when I always defended them, it was past. It was just like more me just being, being stubborn and being like, we get it. Everybody knows that they stink. Like this isn't a talking point. Like, like it just, it just bothered, it bothered me. It was like, it was just like pick, like kicking people when they were down and it just pissed me off. And now it just bothers me that like, like, we, like we would have. I think we would have killed, like we do. We kill Phil Jackson for Frankie Lakina, but we're not killing, or even caring, that Leon Rose drafted a horrible, horrible player, and like, my whole thing is like I didn't want to kill them then. I really don't want to kill them now, but like. Like, I, I just I, I just want – and you sort of said it today, and you never really said it before. Like, I just wanted you to acknowledge that, like, that was a horrible pick, and it was stupid. And they misevaluated the player they had. They misevaluated the player they drafted. And, like, Randall's bailing them out, and I just hope that that they can just realize it was a mistake and not double down on the mistake. And with Dibs – like showing his stubbornness, I'm just nervous that that is something that is it a new trait of this new regime, like sort of just being stubborn. Yeah, but can we just go back? Like, 
first of all, I don't think that they're necessarily being stubborn, if only because I don't think it's that unusual to play the more recent draft pick more minutes than the draft pick from a couple years ago that hasn't caught on. Like, I just don't think that that's that unusual, number one. I don't think that that's stubborn either. Okay, and then number number two – can we also just point out that Phil Jackson got everything wrong? Like, he did everything wrong. Like, he drafted Frank and then uh, signed Derrick Rose and Joe Kim Noah to huge contracts and hired Jeff Hornacek. And, like, Phil Jackson did so much wrong, so it made the Frank pick, like, you do nothing right. Whereas with this group, fine. The Obi pick suck, but the quickly pick was great and we're playing well. And we're as competitive as we've been in years. And we didn't panic trade. Like, we didn't take cents on the dollar for Randall before he was playing this well. So, like, we didn't panic move. Like, I wonder if nobody thought Randall was good. I don't think anybody did. Or I don't think anybody thought Randall was this good. Crazy. But I also think we thought he was good enough not to just ship him off to anybody. So, I think my point is, is that with Phil Jackson... It was easier to kill him for Frank because he did nothing well and the team was awful. In this but people case, killed him for Frank the second that pick happened. I mean, we. I mean, I guess. But Phil, first of all, I didn't want to like Phil Jackson because I hated Phil Jackson from the '90s. But also yeah. because we were terrible. Like everything, we were awful. We've already we have been better in this stretch under Thibodeau and uh, and Leon Rose than we were at any point in the Phil Jackson era. I got to tell you, I just pulled up, like, Phil Jackson's moves. It's worse than I thought. So, I mean, that's why. It's... That's why. Like, yeah, I don't think Obi was a great pick, but there's been much more good than bad with this current administration. It, with Phil Jackson, it was just all bad. You'd kill him for whatever. He did draft your boy, though. Yeah, we got rid of him. Yeah, you hated him. He didn't him. get rid of him. But you hated him from the start. You hated that pick the minute it was made. Hated it. Yeah. So, I mean, don't use that as a defense. You hated it all nope. along. I did. And and you're right. And, like, I, I know that I, like, go off the handle and a lot of stuff that I say is totally irrational. But, like, I think it's a sign that, like, I'm more just excited that they're good again. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, they're good. And I'm like, be better. Like, please just be better. Like I want to wake up tomorrow and have them be so much better. And they're not. And I just like every now and then I need to just like calm down and realize that this is a process and they're going in the right direction. Yeah. And it's like, and like the win now, it's just like, I think they're in such a weird spot. Like, like winning now and trying to make the playoffs, like, yeah, that's exciting, and I think that that is ultimately what teams should do. You know I don't like tanking. But then, like, in the back of my head, I'm like, but, like, Dallas is playing like crap. We could have two lottery picks in a really good draft. And it's just like, like, I don't know what to root for, I guess, and it's making me, like, crazy. Yeah, like, I think— I want to hang on—and it's making me hang on every win and loss, I think. Because, like, every win, I'm like, oh, we might make the playoffs. Then we lose, I'm like, oh, this is great. We'll get— possibly too long and i just i don't know how to feel after every single game i watch anymore because they're so inconsistent i think you're i totally get that i totally understand that i think the way that i'm squaring it with myself is is that one the draft is supposed to be deep right yeah so we might get good players anywhere in that lottery and or beyond okay and then number two it's just like look 
I I like the way RJ's playing this year. I, I'm 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 excited about it. But you know, getting the third pick and getting him that year was disappointing. I mean, like, mm-hmm. and, and I also just think like even in a good draft, there's players available at at other points in that draft. Like Steph Curry was taken outside the top ten. So was Donovan Mitchell. Was it, I thought he was nine. Wasn't was he nine? nine? Okay. I think Curry was nine and Mitchell was like 13, I think. Okay. But I'm just saying like. Yeah, because that was another year that the Knicks had the dreaded eight pick. That yeah. That they cannot get right. They can't get that right. But so they I just think <laughs> like if, if it's a deep draft, I'm not super worried about it. And again, like I just think we still also have a ton of cap space and a lot of picks and. I, I just think be prepared to see nothing from the Knicks this year. Almost because like I don't think a trade is feasible. I think we would have to either give up too much so that it doesn't improve us. I think we're just waiting to get a free agent. And I think that's smart. And I think it's better I to think, just be I patient. So too. And I and I hope that that is ultimately what happens. And I think like yeah. like that's what makes me again nervous that they're like they're in such a weird spot. Like like they're playing well enough that like adding a good player right now they're probably the seven or eight seed yeah so like i just wonder is that in their minds or if they like go down the shitter then they're like oh well let's fire sale randall like i just it's 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 just like they're, they're in such a weird spot that i don't know what they'll do and i hope you're right and i hope they do nothing i hope that they don't try to do anything crazy and they just sort of play it out and Maybe they get in the play-in game and they get a playoff series, or they just get a play-in game and they lose. I don't care. I, I'd love to see the play-in game. Me too. And then, and then we draft well, and and then we sort of reevaluate. I hope that that is what happens. It's just like that slow burn is sort of like killing me. I guess, like not knowing what's going to happen. Yes, I think you're killing. most upset by it's not killing. knowing what's going to happen. Yes. Yeah, but we don't know, Matthew. All right. We, I think we should get going, uh, but it's been wonderful to have you on. Have you on? Uh, you did a wonderful job in Brian's place, and it was good to have this conversation face to face as opposed to over text. Yes, it was. I think I think that you and I uh, have much more respect for each other face to face than we <laughs> yes. do via text. Yes, I think sometimes via text because I I think like when. I think I said this to you once. When I say things out loud, I think I realize more how, like, crazy they sound. So I kind of tone it down a little. And in text, like – and also when I say it to you, I think, like, in person, you could tell I'm not, like, a completely irrational lunatic. Like, and I can explain my thought process a little bit more than through text. And I, I, I do like it better. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I like it better, too. I mean, I don't think it <laughs> – I don't think it helps me nearly as much as it helps you. I think I'm a lunatic either way. But I think I get more worked up trying to type than I do just talking. That's what I think. I think like like typing all those things gets you more angry naturally. Yes. Just kind of getting it out quick and moving on to the next thing. I agree. Like because we argued for like four and a half hours via <laughs> we, text. It was exhausting. We did. It was. And here we talked about it for fifty minutes, <laughs> and we basically said the same stuff. And like I know we're still friends. Like over text today, four and a half hours. I was like, is this gonna ruin our friendship? <laughs> like I didn't know. <laughs> we'll never nothing will ruin our friendship Matthew I'll promise nothing. you that nothing but I do appreciate it thank you so much for having me